0: 467-369 in New York call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code baseball and get your $1,000 first bet offer today The man high! It's a game! Wednesday, July 26th on the Just Baseball Show. That is Arm and I am Peter Apple. And we've been rumor milling a little bit too much. So right now on this episode today, we are going to be talking about the top prospects who could potentially be moved in deals. We're also going to take a look at our sportsbook friends that is BetMGM and look at the division odds. Or is there a team being undervalued right now that we think is going to buy heavy? That we think is worthy of a wager? Or is a team maybe at the top thinking about selling any form like that on our good friends at BetMGM? So we're going through division odds and we're talking top prospects today on the Just Baseball Show, which is brought to you by BetMGM. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code Baseball. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Aram, you, Jack, and I have been talking about Every rental piece, we've done a million mock trades, but we haven't really gotten in depth to the potential young guns, the prospects that could be on the move that teams who are selling should be looking out for. And we're about that time where the trade deadline, if contenders make major moves, they can separate themselves from the pack and end up winning the division. So we're looking at value on the prospect side and value on the betting side. Anything that you want to go over in the baseball landscape before we get straight into it? Um,
1: Nothing, nothing too crazy. I do want to highlight one thing specifically because this show, all of us are guilty of this. We've made fun of Dallas Keuchel a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, Jack is probably the, the the largest defender of this. Dallas Keuchel is throwing well. And I think we're going to see Dallas Keuchel in the big leagues sometime soon. The Twins signed him to a minor league deal. He's been throwing in AAA. He's been lights out, like absolutely lights out. And the last two outings have been spectacular. He has an opt-out on August 1 if the Twins don't add him to the active roster. They may trade him because I think there's a team that may just take him. I I talked to a couple guys that faced him recently. And they're like, of course, yeah. It's like eighty-seven, and it's it's not fast, but like, like he's putting it wherever he wants, and it's really hard to hit. Uh, so we might see Dallas Keuchel one last time. Are you fading, Peter?
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, I, it's it's one of those things where I got to see him come back up. Right. Alec Manoa goes down to the Florida Complex League, has a horrible start there, looks much better in double A. And I made the mistake of fading him against the Detroit Tigers, where he looked much better. But then it took one start for them, him to get blown up again. Adam Wainwright really, really struggling for the St. Louis Cardinals, then goes down with what appeared to probably they be said like They said, like,
1: inflammation everywhere, basically.
0: It, yeah, just he went on the IL for being really, really old and for being sore, but shout-out I'm Wayne, right? Legend. But Love him. that's the reality of the situation. Then he came up and had a decent start against the Diamondbacks. Then it's the next start. So for Dallas Keuchel, let's see what you got for one start. Maybe they put him in a position to succeed. Maybe it goes five innings, eight hits, two runs, a classic Dallas Keuchel start. And then the wheels fall off the wagon. That's yeah. probably how I'll play Dallas Keuchel. But hey, he's pitching well. He's pitching well. It's yeah, all like the Twins it, need him though. It, it, yeah, it, it's exactly. It's funny that of like of all the teams, like
1: if he was on the Marlins right now, he'd be getting the ball tomorrow. Like it, it's it, there's a lot of teams that could desperately use him just to not suck for three, four, five innings. One other really funny one that I noticed recently. Cole Hamels is technically still an affiliated ball, um, signed a minor league deal with the with the Padres before the season, has not thrown an inning anywhere. I, I have no tracking of even a, a pitch at the complex or anything, maybe on the backfields, but no organized game. But he's still on the uh, the Chihuahua's roster, the AAA affiliate for the Padres. I have no idea what the deal is with Cole Hamels, but he's technically still – on a roster. I just thought that was random and most people probably didn't even know
0: that. Does so we have no data on him? Do we know when he's possibly gonna pitch? Is it more of a help out our young guys or are they planning I don't, on something? They, they said like, before the season that now? the goal
1: was they said before the season that the goal was June and it's July 25th. He still has not thrown. He had shoulder surgery. I don't know if like the ship has sailed. They've said nothing. Mom, I was sitting in bed digging, trying to find articles, anything on Cole Hamels. So for now he's just sitting on the El Paso or the Chihuahuas roster El Paso Chihuahuas uh, just sitting on that roster just not throwing but I just thought it was really funny to see Cole Hamill still on an active roster he's not thrown since 2020.
0: All right so now that we uh, got past some of the wily veterans to potentially <laughs> help out some contenders maybe it, it, at least it would be kind of funny just to see them in Major League Baseball let's talk divisions and we'll go division by division and on bet mgm right now i'll go in the order that they have it and on the order that they have it we're starting in the american league central so as we sit here today the twins are 54 and 48 a four game lead lead above the guardians who are now 49 and 51 and they have a seven game lead over the detroit tigers at 46 and 54 and the odds reflect that and i would even say they're a little bit big but maybe that's telling the twins are minus 500 Ooh. to win the american league central guardians sit at plus 325 so just for people who aren't in the betting sphere uh just for round number's sake if you wanted to win $100 on the twins you would have to put down 500 if You only wanted to bet 100 on the Guardians. It would net you 325 in winnings if you think the Guardians are going to win the division. So the big question is, will the Guardians win the division? The Twins, I think, are just going to add another bullpen arm and bolster that back end with Yohan Duran still doing his thing. Griffin Jacks is still solid. And Jorge Lopez, since he has returned from the IL, has been dominant, just running in that 97-mile-an-hour two seam into the hands. He was flashing it, really well against the Mariners, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Twins have just been beaten down on them, showing who truly is the better team, and the Twins are really flashing that. My heart wants to bet on the Guardians, right? But Shane Bieber getting transferred to the 60-day IL, they're probably not going to trade him. Now, should they even trade Aaron Savali? How are they going to get much better? So my heart wants to bet plus 325 in the Guardians. I still think there's a little bit of value there. But as they play more games, as I watch the Twins pitching staff every fifth day, they feel like they're getting an ace type performance and the offense is finally starting to show up and watching the Guardians limp to two to one wins or blow it at the end of games because the bullpen is completely wasted at this point. How can I make an argument for anybody other than the Twins, which makes this a no bet for me?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, the Twins, they're looking much better playing good ball of late, which which definitely helps. But it's also the combination of, of the Guardians looking brutal and knowing that they're just not going to add anything. They're not going to make any changes. I, I think the Twins are starting to click here a little bit. You mentioned the rotation, how like every day it feels like they're getting a quality start. Now, Kenta Maeda. Is like a dude. Like Ketan Miata looks like the guy that they initially went out and got, yeah, you know, before the injury. So when you have Maeda throwing in that way too, I really think the one thing that this team is really missing, besides the fact that you know Carlos Correa, we were just joking about him yesterday. I know he had the walk off, but even that should have been zero for five. Yeah, uh, the one thing they're missing is just you know, some uh, another right-handed bat that can help them with the platoon splits and maybe play a little center. That's why I talked about Dylan Carlson or or whatever. Maybe they go get Tommy Pham as someone that maybe you don't stick him in center, but at least he helps your platoon splits. Like they can make some under the radar moves and help themselves. I agree bolster the back end of the bullpen, but I just, I'd, I'd find it very unlikely that they slow down enough for the guardians to, to catch them. Cause I think, even in the best case scenario for the guardians, the young guys throw really well. You know, so, some of their bats pick it up a little bit like Juan and some of the others. I, I just think they're going to play 500 ball at, at best the rest of the way. Like, do, do you think that's a little harsh or like, is it kind of just the reality of the guardians this year?
0: It's the reality of the guardians. I keep yeah. trying to buy and keep trying to find things, but with Bieber getting moved to the 60 day IL with Emmanuel Classe not being the lockdown guy with Trevor Stefan, he's just been blowing leads and it's almost not his fault because it seems like he pitches every single day. And this guardians bullpen continues to pitch every single day because their starters are not going longer than five innings and they're just handcuffing themselves. I feel bad for Terry Francona, but at the same time, he has not been a great manager this year with the bullpen decisions. He has not gone to guys that have been successful for him last year. And maybe that's more on the players rather than on him, his, utmost confidence in his stellar bullpen from last season and the numbers are still good but you watch the guardians and it's one of the more overrated bullpens in major league baseball right now and their offensive statistics they never really could hit all that well last year this year it's mostly just jose ramirez and josh naylor has been unreal but josh bell has not been any good steven kwan's been pretty good Ahmed Rosario has been good with runners in scoring position, but you get to the bottom of the lineup arm and it's just holes. And what they were really good at last year was they're starting pitching with Stellar, their bullpen was locked down, and their defense was incredible. Their defense is around major league average this year. They're starting pitching as holes, and their bullpen is overrated. The twins yeah. should win this division. I was wrong about the Guardians. They did not replicate the magic from last year, and I'm not fully giving up on them yet, right? I'm watching Gavin Williams look better and better start by start. Tanner Bybee is still good, but then, like, Logan Allen gets hit up by the Royals, and they put up three runs against Ryan Yarborough in the Royals' bullpen. You have to win those games, and when you don't win games like that, how can I call you a playoff team? How can I buy more stock in you? Even when it feels like at the, at the lowest, because I don't think that they're going to buy much and they may just end up selling safe arms, which yep. isn't going to help them at all. Right. They could really use an Aaron Zavoli right now, which they do have of course, because they could use that length. And they might subtract him. That's the
1: craziest part. So uh, to, to piggyback on the the bullpen point, I mean, you look at F four, and I like F four for bullpens because it's, it, how much are you using them and then you know the underlying data of course you can talk about ERA and those things and that's important too cuz that's what you're actually getting but i like seeing how much value they're 17th in f4 uh, for their bullpen like it's just that's just not great the era is 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 a little bit better and that's towards the the better third in the league but it's it's not like they're dominating bullpen wise and uh, that's a team that to your point has to have an elite bullpen to be successful and has to play a great defense. And they just haven't know bullpen ERA. They're, they're higher up there, but again, they're walking more guys. They're blowing more leads. They're giving up more home runs. And I think this is one of those instances where the underlying numbers do matter a bit more than just ERA when we're looking at the bullpen.
0: Cause we also have to look moving forward, right? If this yep. bullpen is due for regression, what are we going to buy stock? Yeah, we can't. can't. And they're not going to buy bullpen arms. No, nope. the deadline. The twins might, so the twins bullpen might get even better after putting out a lot of great starters, start after start, after start, after start. So this is a no bet for me. I assume yeah. no bet for you.
1: No bet for me. If anything, I'd be more likely to lay the minus 500 than, than to lay the, the plus
0: on the guardians. Like seriously. What about the Royals plus a hundred thousand? <laughs> they did just beat the guardians. <laughs> I mean, 25 games out. Holy crap. <laughs> The American League East, the most competitive division in Major League Baseball. The Rays are minus 105, still to win the division, while the Orioles sit at plus 120, so it's really, really cr- close right now. The Blue Jays hit at plus 900, Yankees and Red Sox. Yankees plus 2,500, Red Sox down there at plus 5,000. But if we're talking about what the actual division looks like today, the Baltimore Orioles are first place in the American League East. I know Orioles fans... Just hearing those words has got to sound really good after the past half decade of turmoil, but they're here and they're really, really good. And they continue to prove it, especially spanking the rays at Tropicana field, but the rays are still hanging in there, even though they're three and seven in their last 10 games and four and 14 in their last 18 games, 61 and 42 record two and a half games back. Toronto Blue Jays sit with a 56-45 and 45 record, six and a half back, and the Red Sox and Yankees tied, even though they're both six games above five hundred, nine nine games back. I'd like to say that the Yankees could potentially go on a run. I do not think that is going to happen. I don't think the Red Sox are going, going to go on a run either. I'll continue to say that. I'm not going away from it, even though they have been playing better baseball, six and four in their last 10, but the Blue Jays have been playing much better. I really think it's a race between these three, that's why I don't think it's a bad bet for the Blue Jays at plus 900. I And the only reason I say that is I just think they should be closer. So am I going to bet on the Blue Jays? I still have to think about it. But first initial look, the value is there for the Blue Jays. Because you know that they're going to add at the deadline too. If we're talking about positive regression, this Blue Jays bullpen has been un real I think the weak point on the Blue Jays is their manager John Schneider I don't (laughs) think he makes very good decisions back there but luckily for him he has a lot of really really good arms to go to Eric Swanson was such a great addition for this Blue Jays team and Jordan Romano has been scuffling a little bit but you know he's going to be better and then they have a bunch of just 7th and 8th inning guys who just do the job every single time they go out there you look at the starting rotation Barrios is just shoving he just continues to shove right? Gosman's pitching like a Cy Young candidate. Bassett has been at least a solid pitcher, right? He's been Freeper. serviceable, for serviceable. sure. Serviceable. Peripherals say he's probably in the low fours when it's all said and done. Right now, he's at a three nine two. That's good. He's going to eat a ton of innings and just get you to your bullpen and give you a chance to win. I think if they add a starter at the deadline and their offense statistics, you look at like you know, quality of contact numbers, been one of baseball's unluckiest offenses. I don't think Varsha is going to keep hitting like this. bobochette has been scuffling, but he's going to heat back up. George Springer is going to continue to hit. Vladdy's already been hitting. So the Blue Jays would be my value pick. Just because I think it should be closer. How do you view the AL East right now?
1: I-, I like it from a value perspective. I, I, is it a, you're, you're the guy that like analyzes the the lines really well too. And, and I'm looking at it just like, just from the pure, pure, just roster baseball standpoint, it almost feels like a trap that the Orioles are, are not the favorites when they're two and a half games up in the way that they're playing. Like, what does that line say to you? Cause I'd be all over the Orioles uh, t- to win it. I I think even at even odds, I would take them. I I, think- I I that was my prediction of course though was we did our second half predictions that the Orioles would run away with the division a little bit and 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 overtake the Rays
0: looking down I have good. some
1: concerns which we'll get into that I think the Rays are going to be more aggressive than the Orioles because uh, there's another report I saw you, you yeah. I think you quote tweeted it I was just like god damn it dude like please just be aggressive they're, they're going to be cautious sleep buyers like what's what the, like dude just Jordan just last. push the chips forward the Rays are going to be aggressive I like they are going to be aggressive I really do believe that Maybe that'll inspire the Orioles to be, but first, first and foremost, like, do you feel like that line's a trap?
0: No, I think if you like the Orioles, you should bet on them. So Mm -hmm. when I look at the Orioles and when I've looked at lines all season long, do you know who the most profitable team is for betters this season? Uh, Most pro it's gotta be the Orioles, right? The Orioles by a very large margin. Books have consistently kind of undervalued the Orioles all all year. I assume when you look at most models, mm. this team is due for regression based on the numbers. Like models are probably saying, yeah, the Rays are better. Models might say the Blue Jays have a better roster than the Baltimore Orioles are. So the fact that they're plus 120 right now, they've been undervalued all year. There's anomalies in baseball all the time, right? Yep. A team that I bet through the playoffs, the Phillies, I felt like they were undervalued all year and ended up making a world series run. And I had a great playoffs betting wise because the Phillies just kept winning. It's kind of similar to the Orioles right now, right? They were big underdogs in almost every game against the Rays. What did they do? Right. They were underdogs against the Phillies with Dean Kramer on the mount. Of course they won that game. They just keep winning games and the books are not adjusting because I think the sports books don't truly believe in them yeah. but at the end of the day Cal Quantrill was a dog at home almost every day last season and he didn't lose once sometimes there are teams that break models yeah. I think if there is a team this year and you believe in them Orioles plus 120 is a bet Yeah, my only issue is I think it's such now a toss-up between these three because I think the Blue Jays are heating up at the right time. Big win over the Dodgers, 6-3 win. We're recording before the Dodgers game, so and I bet on the Dodgers, so I'm hoping Julio Reyes delivers me a win. But the Blue Jays are heating up too. That's why it's like, if you like the Orioles and you've been on them, bet the Orioles plus 120. I just think the Blue Jays should be closer to plus 500 not plus nine hundred if that makes sense.
1: Makes sense. And I'll make my my quick Orioles pitch separate to you know, the second half predictions that we that we made. But the, the one thing that stands out to me with the Os is like, dude, Gunnar Henderson's playing like an all- star. And all-star. in the first half, he was playing like a replacement level player slightly above. So to, to me, they've almost added an all- star. With the way that Gunnar Henderson is playing on both sides of the ball, and and the way that he has helped him. they're doing it without Mullins right now. They're calling up prospects like Westberg, who just hit his first home run. has been awesome lately. You know, I, I, they're gonna make moves, even if it's more subtle. They're gonna strengthen the team. I'm waiting for John Means. I'm hoping John Means comes back. That'll help. But I, I can't believe what they're getting out of some of these pitchers, man. Like it might just be real. Like they, some of these guys might just be decent pitchers. Uh, so it's it's been interesting to to follow. Again, the only thing I'm nervous about is I could see the Rays making the splash of all splashes. Like yeah. I could see them and we'll talk about prospects that could get moved, but I could see them going after some of the best players on the market. I don't know if the Orioles are going to do that, but I think the Orioles have a lot of in-house upgrades just by guys playing to the level that they are capable of. So I'm going with the O's on, on, on MGM. Like this is one I'm actually going to like place uh, once, once I'm back in New York.
0: Yeah. I'm chickening out right now. I'm not going to make a bet on the American League East. I'm still sweating out Rays plus 350. So that is my original bet that I made at the beginning of the season. Now they're sitting at minus 105. So I got great value there. But at the same time, if the Orioles do make a big addition and the Rays flounder a little bit, or let's say the Orioles don't even make that big of an addition, the Rays make a huge one and they still don't play much better because the Rays have been horrible lately. They're blowing this lead. Yeah. Then I got to reconfigure. So that's why I'm only looking at the Blue Jays in terms of the values of the Orioles were to win the division. I'm out on both of those bets. But if it's not the Orioles, I'm in a really good spot. I just don't know if I want to corner the Orioles right now in this market because I do believe in them, right? When the starting pitching, that's what we look at, right? You don't have the starting pitching. But the bullpen, they shorten games. So as long as these Orioles starters don't give up six earned, and if they yep. do, sometimes the Orioles score seven because the offense is so good. But we were talking on the uh, Not Gambling Advice betting stream, right? We're talking about a role Chapman when he comes in for the Rangers. How good is he? Yoan Duran. And then everyone kept saying, yeah, they're like the third or fourth best relievers after the two in Baltimore. They have Cano and Bautista. Eighth and ninth inning, it's over, right? Yeah. And then there's so many other great options back there. So they don't need the starters to be great. They need the starters to be fine, fine. and they've been yeah. better than fine, and the offense has been so damn good. Austin Hayes was an all-star. He was like an afterthought. We don't even think about him when we talk about Cedric Mullins and Adley Rutschman and Anthony Santander and Gunnar Henderson, and we could just continue, and then they bring up some of these guys. So we harp about the starting pitching when in reality they're, they have one of the best offenses, they have a great defense, they have a great manager, and they have maybe the best bullpen in baseball. Yep. When you find starting pitching, you can win a lot of games. Yeah. So,
1: and, and Bradish like, is matching every time he matches up with a, with a stall, like a stud with an ace, he matches them. And then, I, you know, I, I want to see him string a couple together. Last point I'll make here, but Grayson Rodriguez, it's all about the fastball command. Yep. He looks real good against the Rays, five and two thirds, two runs, two walks, six Ks at Tampa, where, you know, obviously they play phenomenally there. If G Rod can even be that, uh, not the finished product G Rod, but just the, five innings, Matt. two runs, six K's kind of guy that just gives you quality starts. To your point, that's they're all you gonna, need. They're gonna that's all you need. And I think he can do that. So I'm excited to see how G-Rod strings it together from here. And they've got something special, Bruin. I'm, I'm all in on the O's.
0: The American League West. So currently the Rangers are minus 125 to win the division. Again, if you want to win $100 on the Rangers, you have to put down 125. The Astros are plus 100. To win $100, all you got to do is bet $100. The Mariners are plus $2,500. The Angels are plus $5,000. And the Athletics are plus $100,000. I do not think the Athletics are going to win this division. Uh, but the Astros so. might. Let's talk about it. So the Rangers are 59 and 42, playing really good baseball. Just had a thrilling win for the Astros to crawl back within two games of the Rangers. Astros sit at 57 and 44. What a game. We can talk about that in a sec. The Angels are still hanging in there, though another seven and a half back but they're still over 500 two games over with a plus 18 run differential and the frickin' Mariners they just cannot close out ball games they sit exactly dead even at 50 and 50 eight and a half games back with a better run differential than the angels we can just boil this down to the Rangers and the Astros unless you have a point of why you think there is any value on the angels or the Mariners because while they are both hovering around 500 we think they're going to be buyers. You had a really good tweet about the angels that actually made a lot of sense. So I,
1: I'm going to answer your question with a question, which I know is, is such an asshole thing to do, Asshole. but <laughs> angels or Mariners. I I agree. Like, I think they're, they're separate, but from the other two, of course, but who do you feel better about? And, and I know you had your prediction before the year. I know the Mariners have screwed you. I think it was a good prediction. I was with you. So, Bias aside now from our from the preseason prediction, rest of the way, gun to your head, who do you have more faith in, the Angels or the Mariners?
0: I have more faith in the Mariners just because I think the Mariners have played horribly. I think the Angels have still played pretty well, and there's still a possibility that they trade Shohei Otani.
1: Yeah. Let's say it's just for sake of, of argument, they don't trade Shohei
0: are they big time buyers? Cause I think the Mariners are going to be relatively big time buyers. You still think they're going to add? I do. I think Jerry DePoto still sees this as we can still make the playoffs here. And mm-hmm. I think that's worthy of adding
1: fair. I, I think that's, I think that's the probably the fair perspective too, because like as much as I want to, and I'm like, I want every angels game I watch. I'm like desperately rooting for them. I'm I know you're the same way. And like, I just want to see them compete. I know, but the Mariners, even when they're struggling so much offensively, similar to what you're talking about with, with the twins, it's like every day they're, they're getting a quality starter. At least it feels like they got a good shot at getting a quality start. And, and that kind of helps you. And, and you can get hot that way. They can make some quiet moves that help them. Uh, just, how about just putting anybody else at second base? So I'm with you, but I, I think both of them are pretty far off. I do think it's a two horse race here. And you made the case a few weeks ago about the Astros and just kind of watching this game. Yesterday, and I know it's just one game, but there's this level of like the Astros have been there and we're so unfazed by this chaotic game that felt like a playoff game, and we're at nine nine, and then they walk it off, and like you see, uh Kyle Tucker score, and he, he like doesn't even care because it's yeah. like this is this is just par for the course for them. They're focused on just getting to the playoffs. There's just this level of they've been there, done that, and I think in the dog days, and we get to the end of the season. I just got more faith in the Astros, even though the Rangers are so damn good at those odds, man, i i I'm back in your opinion from a couple of weeks ago. Like I think these teams are pretty much
0: level talent wise, and the Astros have been there. That's what I'm saying too. I bet the Houston Astros minus one forty five to win the division when they were both tied at fourteen and eleven. So it was definitely a long time ago. And I just keep harping on this. I think the Rangers are playing some of the best baseball per expectations. And I think the Astros are playing some of the worst baseball per expectations. And they're within two games of each other. And the Astros have owned the Lone Star Series. So that makes me think, all right, when push comes to shove, who's really the better team? But here's my issue. The Astros, they play up to the Rangers. And they're beating them when they go head-to-head. But we got to put praise on what the Rangers are doing because when they aren't facing the Astros, they're beating the piss out of everybody else. Yeah. And then the Astros, they're not playing up to par against everybody else. So actually wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers end up winning this division and they keep this two game lead because we talk about how the Astros are going to buy and they're going to get healthy well, the Rangers are going to buy two, and they already bought a as Chapman. I assume they're going to add another bullpen piece, and they might go get a big-time starter at the deadline. Yeah. Chris Young has been incredibly, you know, he's been aggressive over the past couple of seasons. So when I look at these two teams, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers win the division. That's why I'm not saying, yes, definitely go bet Astros plus 100. But what I will say is I'm already invested in the Astros to win this division. Yeah. So if I was making this bet today... I would still bet plus a hundred on the Astros thing is I'm already invested. So I'm not going to continue to add, but it's going to be one of these two teams. And I'm willing to say and continue to say, and I think you're on the same page. We do think the Astros are going to win this division, but it's going to be razor thin. But if the Astros don't kill this deadline, if they don't get an Eduardo Rodriguez, if they don't get a big time starter, because Luis Garcia ain't coming back, Lance yeah. McCullers Jr. Ain't coming back. Right. Brandon Belak is not an option they can roll with moving forward and expect to win more often than not. J.P. France has been pretty lucky. Look at his peripherals. There's some regression there. Ronald Blanco, same thing. Christian Javier has fallen off a cliff from what he was last season. Fair. There's not enough starting pitching here. But then again, if they do add, the offense is so damn good. They've been there before. The bullpen is unconscious. You know Dusty Baker is going to manage them. Like you give him just a couple of wins by himself. That's how good he is. Now I respect Bruce Bochi, but he just isn't Dusty Baker right now. So I think the yeah. Astros have this slight edge if they add big time starting pitching. If they don't, I think the Rangers win this division. It's key. And That's key. I,
1: and I think the Astros know that. And I think they're going to make a splash. But to your point, the Rangers can get anyone they want. I mean, yeah, they, they can, can outbid anybody pretty much. They can match any farm system and they can make a big splash. The Astros, though I talked about it with with Jack on the last episode or two episodes ago. They have a better farm system than people give them credit for, and and they can make that move too. They can go get some some good pieces. So, I this I do think this division will be one at the deadline, and it's going to be really fun to see which which team kind of pushes it forward. The other thing too, though, is I think the Rangers are a little bit more hell bent on winning the division because you want to have that that it you know I think comfortable position. I think the Astros feel like they could win the World Series if they're the third wild card team or the ALS champion. I don't think those guys aren't phased by shit at this point. They've been so many of them have been there done that and it's just I, I know they want to win the division, of course. You always want to win the division, but I don't think they're going to kill themselves down the stretch, run Framber into the ground, you know, throw Javier on short rest to win the division uh if if they don't have to. And exactly. I do think the Rangers have a little bit more desperation there. So that I'm I'm not touching it. I would lean value Astros. If you have a strong, strong feeling, definitely. It's a, it's a two horse race here, but yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I think it's gonna be one of the more fun battles to watch the rest of the way.
0: I think them and the AL East is going to be the most exciting battles to the finish. And we go to the national league East, and this will be pretty quick. The Braves are (laughs) minus 10,000. So you would have to throw $10,000 to win a hundred dollars. If you thought that the Braves are going to win the division Phillies are at 5,000 Marlins are at plus 10,000. The Mets, the $350 million New York Mets are at plus 25,000. And then you got the nationals rounding it out at plus 50,000. The Miami Marlins are 11 and a half games back of the Braves with the Phillies right there, just 12 games back and those $350 million Mets are 18 and a half games out. So instead of picking a winner for the division, because I think we're both on the Braves, I'm happy to say, and I think you did too, correct me if I'm wrong, plus 125 on the Atlanta Braves at the beginning of the season. Two units, we're feeling really good about that. There always could be. It's baseball. Anything could happen. Maybe the Marlins go on a run here, but let's more talk about, because we know the Braves probably not going to add a starter, right? Because they're getting freed and right back. They don't really need to add anybody on offense, but they could use a couple of relievers, shorten games and maintain the best team in baseball tag. But yeah. what could the Marlins or the Phillies add at this deadline to shorten the gap? At least we'll start with your Marlins.
1: Yeah. The Marlins need a lot. <laughs> That's a I, we're doing. We're doing all the, uh, trade deadline outlooks on just baseball.com. So check that out, like all 30 teams and I'm working on the Marlins one now, pretty much almost all of them are done. It, it, they're in a weird spot where they need catching. They need a third baseman. They all of a sudden they need pitching too. like, they need somebody because all of their young guys are about to hit an innings limit. So I think they go for like a cheap veteran arm, which would help and they need to go get a bat. They definitely need to go find a bat one way or another. Uh they don't have the prospect capital, so it's going to be very interesting. I, I'm very curious to see what they do. I think it's going to, depending on how the next few days goes, we'll kind of determine how aggressive they'll be. But for me, number one is a bat. Number one B is just like a body, like Rich Hill, I'd even take just, just so you're not depleting the hell out of your, your young guys while also keeping them fresh enough for the postseason and also just not having somebody coming in there every fifth day that's like an automatic L. They need they need a third baseman, though, and they need a catcher. So I don't know where they get that. I don't know who's going to move the needle for them. I feel like if a team's going to make a move that can close the gap more so, I feel like it's the Phillies, right? Like I feel like that's a team that we know about Dombrowski. We know how aggressive he is. I just also feel like they have – slightly more prospect capital, but actually a little bit more than slightly. And they could go make a splash, go get a corner outfielder. I don't know. What, what exactly do the Phillies need? They could go for a pitcher, perhaps. They could do well, a few different things.
0: What I think they need right now is to get Kyle Schwarber out of left field. Yes. He's one of the worst left fielders I've ever seen play defense. Now with Bryce Harper at first base, the DH position is open, mm-hmm. at least to give Schwarber some time off left field. So he's not playing four or five days a week out there and dropping fly balls and taking the worst routes I've ever seen. And he doesn't even have a good arm out there, which you wouldn't expect because he's a big guy with a ton of power. You'd expect him to at least have a rifle. He does not have that. So you've got to get him out of left field. So no doubt about it. They should be looking for a corner infielder. I think their bullpen has been very good this season. The issue is that Alvarado keeps going on and off the IL. Sir Anthony Dominguez is still on the IL. Kimbrel has been great, but I think they need more. Now, Matt Strom's been great back there. A couple other arms have been great contributors, but I'd like to see them add another bullpen piece. I don't really think they need to add a starting pitcher. Wheeler, Nola, Tywin Walker, Ranger Suarez. Yeah. That's what you got. And then if Christopher Sanchez, you can move him to the bullpen in the playoffs. Maybe he takes another step up because he has been, pitching really well, even though the Orioles won that game. It wasn't because of Christopher Sanchez. Like he, he gave them a pretty good outing and he's been giving them consistent outings. So I think really all Philly has to do is add potentially Elaine Thomas in left. We could talk about a couple other options or just some relievers, right? We talk about the Rockies relievers, talk about the Tigers relievers. Maybe the Yankees would be willing to part. Like there's a lot of teams with relievers that they can go get. I think the Mm. Phillies have a much clearer answer to the deadline than the Marlins do. And the fact that they're only a half game separated, I have more faith in the Phillies finishing second than I do the Marlins. It
1: it shows you that the Phillies are a better team. When you can look at at the Phillies and identify one and a half things, every, every contender needs a bullpen arm. Everybody needs a bullpen arm. Exactly. Um, But if you can identify the one thing being, Oh, they need a corner outfielder. Bang. Okay. Marlins. It's like, they need a corner outfielder. They need a catcher. They need relievers. They need a starter. Like it, that's, they're just not a great baseball team. They're just drastically overachieving. And they might, like you said, kind of there's teams that do that and they might do it the whole year. They need to go get some reinforcements, but I think for the Phillies it could really put them over the top for the Marlins. I think it helps them tread water uh and, and try to survive and, and limp to the wild card. I think the Phillies, there's a there's a few different corner outfield routes they could go thomas might be tough just because it's in division and he's not going to come cheap uh, but yeah. again if anyone doesn't care about that it's it's probably uh, our guy dave dombrowski but there's probably a handful of corner outfielders that they could go get for reasonably cheap plug them out there and, and it helps from a defensive perspective helps from an offensive perspective and all of a sudden this team is is clicking a little bit better they might have won the game yesterday that we were watching like they lost because Kyle Schwarber laid out on a ball on the line that maybe a lot of other guys catching stride. Yep. So yeah, Schwarber's bat's important, but I agree. Like I think getting him out of the outfield will help a ton. I'm trying to think of like who a corner outfielder would be that could help them out there, other than, you know, as you mentioned, Lane Thomas.
0: It's light. It's like Randall Gritchick.
1: Honestly, like helps. Yeah, if helps. That's your eight Better. Hitter.
0: Yeah, he's better. Plays good defense.
1: He's been swinging it well this year. I actually like that.
0: Hits lefties. You know, they got a lot of of lefties in the lineup right now. They could definitely use another right-handed power bat, just fit in there, and he's a much better defender than Kyle Schwarber. The Tigers were also potentially floating Carey Carpenter, who I think would be an incredible addition. (laughs) Yeah, I think 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 possibly one of the the most underrated players in baseball, but you said it yourself. They'd be crazy to do it. He should be a part of the future of Detroit, not a part of the Phillies' future. But if Dombrowski decides, hey, we'll give you the sun and the moon for him. Yeah, and you want make cable or something? Yeah, yeah. And Scott Harris and Dave Dombrowski, they're, you know, I mean, was the Gregory Soto trade? That was a Scott Harris move, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, so they're on the phone together, so We're potentially, homies. but it would take a lot for him. But Philly, if you got him, that is a big time piece. But I know Tigers fans don't want to give him up, so it's not really worth talking about. Just talking about other options who could potentially be available. But let's move on to the National League Central because these odds are fascinating arm. So in May, I made the pitch for the Reds at plus 4000 to win the division. And I looked really, really smart because the Reds, they took control of the division. We talked about all the young guys came up and they hit a spark. The division was wide open. But the most boring team which I think Vegas knew all along, and they're pricing it that way, the Milwaukee Brewers. So right now the Orioles are two and a half games above the Rays, and they're plus 120. As we sit here today, even though we have a Corbin Burns versus Andrew Abbott game, which could make the division a lot closer or maybe a little bit farther apart, the Milwaukee Brewers are minus 175 to win this division, so $175 bet nets you $100 on the Milwaukee Brewers, or if you bet $100 on the Reds, it would net you $180, followed by the Cubs at plus 1000 and the Cardinals at 3000 and then you got the Pirates all the way down there. The books are telling us the Brewers are going to win this division. That's what the line says. Do we believe the line arm? Because the books are telling us they don't think the Orioles are going to win the division. But this time, and we kind of don't believe them. We kind of do, kind of don't. We're unsure. I think you're more sure of the Orioles than I am, but I'm pretty damn sure about the Brewers. And the books agree. Do you agree?
1: I do. I do. And I've I've come out as a Reds fan, by the way, and and I'm you know very outward about that. I'm I'm all in on the Reds uh, in terms of just rooting for this team. But the Brewers, you talk about boring. Boring helped them tread water when Corbin Burns sucked. For his standards when they weren't hitting uh, when Woodruff, who's still out, was out, but he's on the mend, by the way, up to 97 in his rehab start. That was a few days ago. This team's getting stronger and stronger at the perfect time. They tread water in a mediocre division and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And the thing is, head to head, they have beat the brakes off the Reds. The Reds are an awesome story. The Reds are hanging around. But head to head, they beat the brakes off of them. Corbin Burns looking like Corbin Burns now, and then whatever they get from Woodruff, the fact that he's just coming back this season, I, I almost think that it should be even even like, like shorter odds. I think they should almost be minus 250 because you look at the Reds as a team that's overperforming, that has a lot of great pieces. You know they're not going to be that aggressive at the deadline unless it's a John India move for a pitcher with control, which they've floated. I think the Brewers, with the way they're playing now, I know they're always bizarre at the deadline, but they bring up Salfrey like he kind of has been a big spark plug for them. Joey had, Weimer,
0: Salfrey like the gra- Sal had maybe the greatest debut I've ever seen. Multiple and the history of the catches world. at the wall. Uh, he had like, three or four hits. Right now he's hitting five hundred.
1: I think like game tying and go ahead. Like yeah. it was actually the best debut of all time. Yeah. Um, and like that's a spark plug. Weimer's been still really solid. Yelich is playing so like good an all defensively.
0: Weimer oh in center God. so good, and Yelich is back. Like we back. talked about. Uh, Jack was like, Cody Bellinger is back. I'm like, is he back, back? Yelich is back, much closer to back than Bellinger is, I think.
1: Uh, Yeah, he's almost at four war and he's stealing bags. So with Yelich being that guy too, like I feel really good about this Brewers team. I love the Reds. I think they can make the playoffs. I think they can hang around, but I think the Brewers are going to really get hot down the stretch here. I really do.
0: Yeah, we talk about how the Reds, you know, all their promotions and we're going to talk about, you know, prospects later in this episode but the Reds promoting Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, right? Garrett Mitchell went on the shelf, Bryce Terang. They have a couple of really good rookies themselves. And this Brewers team is atop the division without much production from Willie Adames all season, without yeah. a lot of production from Rowdy Tellez, and with basically no Brandon Woodruff all year. And Willie Adames is starting to play better over the past couple of weeks. Rowdy Tellez is due to return from injury, as is Brandon Woodruff. But the main key, I think, here are the Brewers' bullpen is unbelievable, dude. Devin Williams, we know the story, is just is one of the best closers in baseball, maybe the best in the National League, just unhittable. But Joel Piamps. Piams. Uribe, right? Hobie Milner could continue. So many good arms back there that are shortening games after the likes of Corbin Burns. Who also has a 1.33 ERA in July heading into the game against the Reds, which I assume he's going to dominate again, averaging seven innings, one or nine K's per start in the month of July against teams like the Phillies and the Reds twice. So really good Brewers team. Anything else before we move on to the West?
1: No, I'm with you. And you know, again, they've got more reinforcements coming. Like they've, they've got guys that are kind of come back off the IL that might get a shot that they can bring up. I think they make some small moves and that might be all they need. So uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this team and they got Telez, who's going to come back off the IL probably sometime soon. Like they've got other pieces. Abner Uribe is one of the nastiest guys, by the way, that you're going to find in the big leagues. I was talking about him a little bit. I was like, once he comes up pitching ninja, like frequent guest there, Watch some Abner Uribe. He has no idea where it's going sometimes, but it's 102. It's disgusting. He's also a psychopath on the mound. Absolute nut job.
0: Like John crazy John Cruck. I was watching Brewers Phillies and Uribe came in, and I think it was an AB against Bryce Harper, or it was, it was somebody. He he gave up a walk, maybe to Castellanos. He goes 101 sinkers back to back, strike one and strike two, then a sinker in the dirt, which is fine. He's just trying to get a sinker in the zone. Then three straight sliders for a walk. And Kruk goes, What is facing his own team that he's calling for? He's like, What is this guy doing? He's a you nut. You see what the sinker is, is doing. Why were you throwing him sliders? Then he goes, Four straight sinkers to Bryce Harper, strikes him out. Dude. Just stick with it. It's 101 with sink. It's unhittable.
1: I, I was talking to last day, I was say real quick, I was talking to Griff because he just faced him, Griffin Cohen, out a couple weeks ago in double A. It shows you how quick he came up. He worked at three two in the ninth inning, and borderline take. So I texted him after the game. I'm like, "Yo, that was a sick take on Arribe." He's like, "Bro, there was a zero percent chance I was swinging. <laughs> like that was a, that was a hundred percent a suicide take." I was like, "Ah, oh, well, good it job."
0: Works. Yeah, didn't to good tell job. Tell anybody else, but now it's on the Just Baseballs host. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Griff. Yeah. All right. Uh, the National League West is the most telling line of all. What do you think the Dodgers are at? So I'll just go through the division. The Dodgers are 57 and 42. They're four games above the Arizona Diamondbacks and four games above the San Francisco Giants and 10 games above the San Diego Padres. And I don't think we're going to see Rocktober this year with them being 17 and a half back. What do you think? See, Brewers one and a half game up minus 175. Orioles two and a half games up plus 120. What do you think the Dodgers are? four games above their competitors.
1: I'm betting that they're like minus 250.
0: Minus 750. Oh, that's the book saying.
1: I get it. I get it. You know, because everyone knows that the Dodgers are going to make moves.
0: Yeah. Like what should I bet? Plus 800 with the giants. No. Oh, am I betting plus 900 on the diamondbacks? No. Merrill Kelly makes his return from injury today. That's great. They've checked in on Otani, though. <laughs> it's the Dodgers division, right? So yeah. it's more, of, let's just talk buyers at this point. Yeah. yeah. So Dodgers, what do they need? I would want them to sit like, yeah, they need a starter. Like, that's what they need. I don't want them to get Lucas Gilito or Jack Flaherty. <laughs> I don't want those. And Jack is the classic. They're from California. Yeah. A, they're from Southern California. Make a great fit there. I mean, come on, Jack. Call you out on the podcast, but call you out in person too. No, I'm just kidding. I know what he's saying though, that potentially they find a home like that. I'm sure Giolito would love version. to go there. I'm, I'm sure, sure Giolito would.
1: would love to play there.
0: But I think Eduardo Rodriguez is a little bit of a better option. I yes. think if the Guardians decide to sell Aaron Savali, he's a better option. Like I'd rather Jordan Montgomery, another arm on this on the Cardinals. He's not a I don't think he's a Southern California guy. Jordan Montgomery he went to uh South Carolina. I well, he's, have no idea where he's from. Who cares? But he's a better pitcher. Than they are. Um, I think Arias, even though we had an eight run outburst against the Orioles, they just are kind of hitting everybody. I think he's going to get better. You're going to return Clayton Kershaw. And then you still got Bobby Miller, Walker Bueller. Ever heard of him? Yeah. I, th- that guy's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's going to be back in September. He's even telling us we're the ones delivering that news. Feels kind of yeah. cool. Shout out Walker Bueller every Monday uh, here on the Just Baseball Show. If you missed the episode, still live. I think it's episode 506 or something like that. It's on Monday. Yeah, it's fun but they could use one more starter. That's kind of it. I mean, what are you really adding to the offense? Right.
1: I, I'd say just, just get a starter, uh, get a starter, maybe a bullpen arm. If there's someone you ID and you like, but we know their bullpens already pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I think they need a starter just to take some of the pressure off of Kirsch too. And, you know, they can kind of slow roll him a little bit coming back in and just make sure that they can maintain pace in the division, but Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, what else do they really need to do? They're the Dodgers. Like they, they look really damn good. Otherwise, Uh, yeah. Maybe if there's, if there's an opportunity to really upgrade offensively, they could, they could maybe go find a, a, another right-handed outfield bat. uh, Since Chris Taylor's kind of just been meh, but I think overall, they're they're pretty darn good. I I think the one main area is shortstop, of course. Right. Like that's, that's the one spot, but they're not ruling out a return of, of potentially, um, of Gavin uh, Lux, yeah, Gavin Lux. Like, she's drawn a blank there. Uh, of Gavin Lux, like he he wants to try to come back this year. But regardless, like, why not take a flyer on like Tim Anderson? If he sucks, put him on the bench. That's fine. Yeah. I, I could like that's the kind of move that I could see them making. Uh, and that's all
0: they really need. I agree. Diamondbacks, Giants. Um, I don- I just don't see even if they need big time players being big time buyers at the deadline. See, them making small moves. Not enough to win this division, though. I think that's the point.
1: Yeah, unless it's Otani. Literally, I think the only way the Dodgers lose this division is if one of these two teams snag Otani.
0: And if they do, it's going to be a fun end of the season. So those are the odds, courtesy of BetMGM. Remember to use promo code just Baseball. And if any of these bets lose where you do put it on, at least you can get it all back in bonus bets up to $1,000. Remember, gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older. Prospect time, arm and Prospect Report. This time we're doing it it a little bit differently. A little bit differently. You're going to go over your top five prospects that you think could potentially be on the move Mm -hmm. for fans of teams that are sellers who want to know who they are getting back. And then we're going to end it with just a couple of guys that you've seen who are raking or pitching really well. Without yeah. further ado, we'll go at number five. Who you got?
1: Yeah, so I got Michael Bush. And this is kind of like not in any specific order, but these yeah. are the five guys I just really think could could end up getting moved. Michael Bush with the Dodgers. Talk about a dude that's just blocked as blocked could be. Uh, and and just he's just shown way too much at this point to keep him in AAA. He needs consistent at bat at the big league level. I believe over the last handful, they sent him back to AAA again. And over the last handful of games, he's homered multiple times. Yesterday, he went three for three with a pair of homers and a walk. He walks a ton. He's got a ton of power. He's like that Max Muncy starter kit, except he moves a little bit better defensively. I see Bush as a guy that he's he's on the 40 man. A lot of teams will have interest in him. I think that's the guy that the the Dodgers will absolutely dangle and, and probably end up moving.
0: And even some contenders could say, hey, we need a guy like Michael Bush. We think he could play right now. So that's the Michael Bush. Exactly. is not limited to teams that are just direct sellers looking for mm-hmm. prospects. He's really key because he could be traded to a contender or he could be traded to a seller. Who's that for?
1: It's a Spider-Man meme. Literally, Literally. the same guy, Jonathan Aranda. Um, at first, yeah. stuck at first slash second base, but just rakes. Better bat to ball guy, uh, not quite as much power, but better approach, and which is saying a lot because Bush has a phenomenal approach. i say I guess they both just have great approaches. But Aranda with the Rays, like this, another dude that's just like he's wasting his time in AAA. He's blocked by you know on one of baseball's best teams, and it 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 just seems like inevitable that the Rays are going to move him because 40 man guy, no spot for him, nothing left to prove in AAA. He's a 1,017 OPS in 81 games, 17 home runs, while striking out 20% of the time, walking 14% of the time. This is a dude that I think will absolutely get moved. And the Rays won't care. (laughs) Like It's the Rays. They have so many other guys. Uh, The no-brainer and a lot of teams similar to Bush would have interest in him immediately.
0: Spider-Man meme. Could go to a contender, could go to a seller. Who's at three? So three is where
1: it gets interesting because I look at the Texas Rangers. And I'm like, okay, who could they ultimately move to upgrade this ball club? And I look at Justin Foscue, another second baseman, but this guy can play a little bit, you know, all over. He's he's a better defender by a little bit um, and, and more of a bat-to-ball guy. Foskey with the Rangers, guess what? Blocked. And that's just kind of the, that's kind of the theme here. Uh, but is going to be on our top 100 update right on the back end. He's one of the better bat-to-ball guys in the minor leagues. 91% zone contact. He's got a near 900 OPS and triple-A, uh, 11 home runs, but I think he's got room for more power, 103 mile per hour, 90th percentile. exit velocity is really good. Another really good approach. But again, I could see you know a world where the Rangers push the chips even further forward. And that's why my number two guy is also a Ranger, a guy that I think they'd very be very hesitant to part with, but would be willing to in the right deal. And that's Luis Angelicuna. If If the Rangers want to make a splash, they they're so loaded in the middle infield. They're with guys that are either locked up for 10 years like Corey Seager or then Ezekiel Duran who's got years of control who's now plugging in there for a hurt, you know, Seager. They they could easily sell high on Luis on Helacunia, brother of Ronald Acuña who's playing out of his mind as a, you know, 21-year-old in Double-A, looks really really good. Will be a top 100 prospect in our update in the next week and there's no shortage of of potential suitors. For somebody like that, I think there's going to be a ton of teams that are kind of lining up uh, to to be able to to get somebody like him.
0: Do you think, though, Chris Young puts his head on the pillow at night and says, yeah, we got a really good big league piece, but shit, I just traded Ronald Acuna's brother who could play shortstop at his ranking. That's terrifying. <laughs> just, I know it is terrifying. That is terrifying. Like, he might not be the, even the best in their system. He might be one of the best. But just the name value. I know me. And if I traded him, and he ended up being Robert Kony Jr., I would just quit. Like I would just, I would admit, I would go up to the podium when they fire me from the Texas Rangers and say, "I unfortunately do not know ball."
1: Yeah, I traded the best player, like the best player's brother, that was also looking really good. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's it's risky, it's risky, but it's just he's so blocked, and yeah, the value could be as high as ever. So that's one where I'm like, mm, I think I could see them doing something there.
0: I'm just making a joke. It was like Ronald Acuna Jr. a couple of years ago. Well, he's blocked by Eddie Rosario.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not really much room for him. Um, uh, it's it's crazy though. Like Ronald is so freaky. That's what, that's what really put it in perspective. Like his brother's damn good. Luis Angel's damn good. And Ronald, the data is just so much more absurd. It's it's just silly. Um, Then the last guy, a couple of different Orioles guys I could go with, but I'm looking at Westbrook succeed at the big league level. I'm looking at, you know, cows are already being there. Kerstad, I feel like is is someone that's really close to them, but I want to do a two for one here. Joey Ortiz, Heston Kerstad. I could see one of them going if the Orioles finally decide to push the chips forward. They aren't. Ortiz is so good, so good. And I think people really sleep on that. Like phenomenal defender, exit velocities are closer to plus power. He's struggling in a small stint in the big leagues, like who doesn't, and just keeps going back to AAA and demolishing baseballs. I think he's more likely to go because they've got more infielders and more crowded a more crowded infield. He's an older prospect, but whoever acquires Joey Ortiz can put him at shortstop tomorrow and he could start every day for them. And he's going to play plus defense. He can hit. And even if the bat takes some time, you're getting value there. I think whoever gets Ortiz could end up getting the most valuable player moved at the deadline. He might not be the most valuable prospect. I think by our rankings, he actually will be. But Joey Ortiz is still somehow underrated, and he's blocked as hell. I could see a team getting really excited about potentially acquiring an everyday shortstop at the big league level.
0: Galaxy brain. And tell me if I'm crazy. Joey Ortiz for Emmett Sheehan. Oh, my God. Weird, right? But it helps. That'd both be insane. Teams a lot. That's not that crazy. I, I think that'd be electric. <laughs> that'd be electric. It, it fills a need for both teams. Young guys. Orioles need a starting pitcher. They get a young one with tons of control. Dodgers need a shortstop. I mean, they're getting Gavin Lux back. So it probably doesn't make sense. And it's not but, going but to happen. But there's always been
1: there's always been questions of with Gavin, whether Gavin Lux is short. truly, truly a shortstop. And and Ortiz is a legit
0: defensive shortstop. Like he is good. Uh, that's that's actually pretty good galaxy brain there it it won't happen because for some reason gms are too afraid it to doesn't often happen but it's habit. happened before yeah it's not outlandish it's happened before and it'd be really yeah. damn cool if it did happen i would love that so let's just talk about some prospects that are raking or pitching really yeah. well to end the episode real quick everson Pereira
1: hit a home run like 110 miles an hour 464 feet yankees prospect absurd juice i hope they call him up this year just so we can see what he can do just Big swing and miss but he's putting up crazy power numbers in triple a since he's been promoted just been going nuts there cole young with the mariners we just put out our mariners top prospect list uh go check that out on just baseball.com and the episode on the call up first round pick last year this dude is so much better than people give him credit for i think he's a top 50 prospect in the game people were you know not sure about how much power would be there he's popping 110s now even though he's an elite hit tool guy uh shades of Daniel Murphy there. I love Cole Young and the Mariners. Ivan Melendez is a popular name and I get it because just what he did in college and and the kind of power he has. I don't love him as a prospect long-term, but we got to highlight what the diamondbacks prospect is doing right now, since he was promoted to a double a 23 years old. And he's just going nuts from a home run perspective, eight home runs in his last 11 games. That's comical. He's also striking out a ton, 18 strikeouts in that span. But holy crap, is he hitting a ton of bombs? couple more names real quick. Isaac Coffey, who I know is uh, uh, related to uh, your best friend. Um, Isaac Coffee, the Red Sox, deceptive delivery has really been good on the mound, even though he's only 89, 91. Coffey's been awesome.
0: Isaac Hoffey, uh cousin of Dustin Demner, who's been on this show a lot, also been a contributor over here at Just Baseball. They've been really excited because it's a funky delivery, and Dustin always talks about facing him, how the fastball looks different than any fastball you'll see because it's like riding up and in with that Joe Ryan-esque arm slot, just like the three-quarter low delivery, tough to pick up. And it's not very fast, but he says he could just throw it wherever he wants. Yeah. And it's not exactly Tanner Houck, right? But I feel like they're cut from a similar cloth, ish. Am I off there?
1: No, middle round pick. They fast tracked him to double. His last two starts in Double A, ten and a third's innings, nineteen strikeouts, no or one earned run. He's been awesome, and that's a system that does not have much pitching. So he's instantly becoming one of their better prospects on the pitching department. You mean Lynn? Another like like eighty nine to ninety one guy oh, wait, with Isaac Coffee the,
0: also for the Red Sox. I don't know if we mentioned that Red yeah, Sox I, prospect. I, I, yeah, just make.
1: You mean Lynn, Diamondbacks eighty nine to ninety one super funky from a five nine frame is just dicing dudes. Uh, he recently got promoted to Double A and in his first two Double A starts, thirteen innings, fourteen strikeouts, a one three eight ra He's already had four outings this year with double-digit strikeouts, including a 13-strikeout outing. Um, He's so funky. I just think he's really fun. That's a name that could get moved, too. I could see the Diamondbacks selling high on Yumi and Lynn with the way he's throwing as a left-handed pitcher. And then Ryan Clifford of the Astros. This guy's got special power. He was like an 11th-round pick, but he got, I think, third-round money, fourth-round money. High school guy, 6'3", big, big juice from the left side. Astros may not even want to trade him, but if they make a big deal, Clifford's a borderline top 100 talent that I think could help them, you know, get a good player in return, big time exit velocities. He's hit home runs as far as you know, 460 feet this year. He had an oppo bomb 450 at 108 and he just turned 20. Clifford's a dude to watch right now in the Astros system, recently promoted to high A.
0: So be on the lookout for all those different prospects. And definitely if you're hearing us talk about the division odds and you keyed in on something, make sure to use it on our friends, BetMGM by using promo code, just baseball. That'll do it for the Wednesday edition of the just baseball show. Jack and I will be back Thursday. And then the three of us on Friday and then Walker Bueller again, returning on Monday, five days a week. And if you've been enjoying all of these different episodes, we'd greatly appreciate you rating and reviewing five stars, whether that be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It's free. Comment anything that you thought that we said was asinine or if you think we made some good points or just anything that you want to hear in future episodes or excuse me. Aram and I are rocking our Just Baseball hats right now. Get yours in the episode description. So much new merch has hit our merch store. Please go at least check it out. And even if you don't buy anything, just let us know what you like, right? We're a new company trying a bunch of different things. Just let us know, right? Through Twitter DMs. Ours are both open. You can find our Twitters in the episode description. That's Aram. I'm Peter. We'll be back tomorrow. And with that, thank you, everybody.